What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Jordan. And this is Desmond. And welcome to episode 86 of Two Black Nerds. Yeah. That's right. It's that time once again for us to bring you our opinions and hot takes on all things fandom, pop culture, and entertainment. As always, you can find Two Black Nerds wherever you get your podcasts. Please make sure to hit that subscribe button and leave us a friendly rating and comment to show your support. And of course, join in on the conversation each and every week by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Two Black Nerds. We appreciate that love, y'all. And let's not forget to mention we have brand new merchandise that's available now at twoblacknerds.com. Go check out our Two Black Symbiotes collection inspired by Venom. Let there be carnage. We got t-shirts, crewnecks, hoodie stickers, mugs, and tote bags. So go ahead and place those orders right now. On today's show, we'll be talking about episode five of the Marvel Studios series, Hawkeye. As usual, we'll share our spoiler-filled reactions to everything we saw from this week's episode. Plus, we'll get into our predictions for how the series may end. But before we get to any and all of that, we're kicking off this week's podcast with our general thoughts about the penultimate episode, which was simply titled Ronin. So let's not waste any more time, and let's go ahead and dive right into it. Before we get into spoilers later on in this episode, what were your immediate reactions to this episode of Hawkeye? It honestly might be uh, uh, tied with my favorite for episode three. Um, we don't get as as much action as we do in episode three or quote unquote super fun moments. But I feel like the the needle is moved so much in this episode that I just couldn't help but enjoy myself almost the entire time. It does more work to 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 build up tension more than it does release tension, which we're not used to in a lot of pen ultimate episodes when it comes to uh, uh, these these Marvel series. But because of that, because of the way um, um, the the everything is coming together between Clint and Kate and Echo and Yelena and Eleanor and Kazi, because all of everything is, is is slowly coming into fruition, I couldn't help but enjoy myself, man. I, I really did like this episode. Uh, uh, people. You know, we'll talk about it later. It definitely still the episode for me in, in, in such good ways. But uh, it's it's it was good. Um, and I, I kind of wish the earlier episodes felt like this in, in a way where the tension buildup just felt, um, I don't know, needed. And it was just so interesting. And it didn't feel fillery, even though uh, there wasn't too much going on. It, it, it was just really good for me, man. So I, I enjoyed myself. But as of right now, I say it's, it's tied um, with, with episode three in terms of being my favorite, man. What did you think about it? Overall, really solid episode at the last at the end of last week's episode and, and talking about episode four, we have predicted both of us that this episode would take the time to just put all of the chess pieces in play. It wouldn't be focused on this high um, velocity sort of action. It wouldn't have that connected kinetic action that we experienced in episode three more so it was going to be some dialogue heavy moments and some character moments to get us ready for the final episode of the series and that's exactly what they did so mm-hmm. i think we got what we expected and it was certainly effective in getting those pieces in play and helping us really invest in 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 understand what's all at stake here because there's some significant stakes involved for pretty much everybody and i think what it did best was just bringing everything together in a very believable way and putting us all on the same page as we lead into the final episode that we'll receive next week. So nothing felt shoehorned in, nothing felt like it was forced in at the last moment. I think that they did a really good job of just like bringing all of this together um, in, in a very meaningful way for us to, to really see the payoff at the end of it next week. So very satisfying episode for the most part. 
Again, some pacing issues that I had at a, at a couple of points here and there, but that's just nitpick nitpick stuff uh, mostly for me. Overall, I thought it was it was very satisfactory in what it delivered and what we ultimately thought that we would get out of the episode. So it was effective, and I mm-hmm. and I liked it. I liked it a lot. So with that said, ladies and gentlemen, let's go ahead and get into this episode. Let's do our spoiler filled thoughts and reactions about everything that we saw. If you haven't seen this episode of Hawkeye, go watch it and then come back as we continue to dive into these details here. So the first big thing that you know I think we should spend some time talking about is really where we started off this episode, and that's with Yelena Belova. So mm-hmm. obviously last week we we saw her appearance for the first time in this series as we long expected. She had basically tracked down Clinton Barton to avenge the death of Natasha, and she attacked him on that rooftop scene last week. It was that four-way fight that they had as they were trying trying to infiltrate the apartment to retrieve the Rolex. Yelena pops up. And so this episode, we pick up in 2018, you know, really off of the heels of the Black Widow movie that we got earlier this year. And we see that Yelena is, you know, going across the world, freeing the brainwashed Black Widows that are still in existence across the world, sort of doing the work to eradicate this Black Widow program and to free all of these women uh, to allow them to have some agency in their lives, right? Mm -hmm. And we see her in this house of a Black Widow that she's tracked down. The Black Widow is you know, very much in, in tune with her mental faculties. She's not under the control of the Black Widow um, <laughs> spell or the charm or whatever it was. And she's living a, a pretty good life. She She's like, you know, I've been killing for money. That's how any of us can make a living out here. And she has definitely reaped the rewards of that. And then Yelena goes into the bathroom quickly to wash her hands. And all mm-hmm. of a sudden, we see that she has been blipped away and comes back almost instantaneously and find out that for her, the experience felt like five seconds, where mm-hmm. in actuality, the world has moved on for five years, as we know, due to the events of Thanos' snap at the end of Infinity War and that time between that movie and Endgame. And so we get to see her come back. I mean, just quickly, what did you think about that experience? Because I think this is the first time that we see mm-hmm. how instantaneous that whole moment is for people. How right. it was essentially the blink of an eye. It was not this, it was not this existence of, you know, you just die for all intents and purposes and then you move on to uh an afterlife or someplace after here whatever you know you may believe in this was really an instant experience for people what did you think about that you know and how that was represented visually yeah um first of all i thought it looked great the only thing that was weird was like they didn't have to do like the paint on the walls the way they did but it looked good (laughs) um and it made sense um i think it's crazy how I don't know. It, it feels like actually five seconds, you know, to not exist and then all of a sudden exist. It just as much as there was a, a you know, a, a a group therapy ring that Captain America was a part of and one of the Russos. It's like these people have been gone five seconds and it's five years. And that's all they felt was the five seconds. These are the real people who need to be in this group therapy because what is going on? Uh, I just can't imagine, you know, being in, in Elena's footsteps um in 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 that being had especially you know once you find out what happened to your sister in five seconds is <laughs> is is something also uh completely different man it's, it's also interesting that i guess in a in a world where uh uh the the events of infinity war was going down that yelena was i don't know i guess trying to save her widows you know at the same time um i can you know kind of imagine like some comic strips of all this going down at the same time and how Yelena, I don't know if she did, like didn't hear about the fight that was going on with Thanos or like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, dang, the widow should know that this is happening somehow. They're, they're, they feel like very high 
uh, you know, level of intelligence, kind of, we know what's going on people. I'm surprised, uh, you know, she didn't know where exactly Natasha was at that time, which is also kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, man, I just thought it was all, you know, pretty crazy and surreal that it could only be five seconds. Like you said, it's the first time we've ever seen it. We, even when we've seen, um, yeah, I don't know who came back from the blip that we seen. We seen uh, what you call it in uh, oh Monica Rambeau and uh, yeah Monica Rambeau and Wandavision. She we didn't see what it looked like for her to disappear and then reappear in in those seconds. You know, it's it's just really wild um, 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 stuff to see. Uh, but yeah, man, it was crazy. I, I think one important thing I want to note right now about that that scene too, just Yelena coming into the house of the of the uh, the other widow who kills for money. It, it, it was easy for her to come to the conclusion that she was still brainwashed, you know, and then that she wasn't doing it on purpose. Um, so, yeah, something important uh, to, to note for later. Yeah. It, it, to, to, you know, allude on your point about the events of Infinity War and just like where Yelena was in the world. I think it's interesting, like when I go back and think about Infinity War, like mm-hmm. in actuality, a lot of what happened was very isolated on Earth in terms of like where the battle took place. It was in Wakanda, which is mm-hmm. already sort of like hidden from the world they had revealed themselves by that point of course but i think things were so isolated and happened so fast that Mm -hmm. it actually kind of i think for me makes sense that most people they either wouldn't be aware about it or if they were aware about it it's one of those things where like the events just like had such a momentum to them and yeah Mm -hmm. you really couldn't do anything because like i think if we just like think about like when world news breaks in our own lives right now if we hear about something that's happening in i don't know berlin germany we'll, <laughs> yeah. we'll probably hear about the actual incident itself like hours after it's it's already occurred and mm-hmm. then you know the, the the effects have already taken place also you know half of that movie takes place outer space you know completely off world so we had no clue of, like regular humans had no clue of what was happening there but what what's really interesting to me about just like the snap and the blip and seeing all of this you know take shape i'm just like really fascinated with the impact of it because we've gotten the big and the small for what the ramifications of it meant you know you you get a really small scale intimate look of what it meant here you know seeing yelena disappear and come back and then learning about the death of her sister natasha and then you look at a show like The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, where they dealt with it on a more global scale, I think, mm-hmm. in terms of like the displaced people, like all of those individuals who came back and new people had moved into their homes or their yeah. apartments, and now they no longer had a place to stay, and they had to create these government-funded programs to get them situated, and how that just affected a huge amount of people. And then you have just like universe-shattering events where you have the birth of a celestial and Eternals, because... Yeah. Of the fact that all of these, you know, these people came back, you had this um, this massive amount of energy. Mm-hmm. So I just want to, you know, s- give a kudos to Marvel for just showcasing how the impacts of this event just there's a variety in terms mm-hmm. of what we're seeing here. You're seeing really big, big consequences, and then you're seeing more intimate consequences as well. So I just I just thought that that was really cool. Um, Yelena as well in this episode, she influences a lot. She she's sort of like the the the, the the main focal point of this episode and you know mm-hmm. after we sort of get her resituated back in present day um she ultimately finds her way back to kate bishop and she's inside of her apartment and they have some really funny exchanges about the macaroni and cheese that she makes and the cutlery <laughs> that kate has just the or the lack thereof i should say yeah and they're having a really in-depth conversation of sort of getting to know each other and figuring out like who he who each other is but also just about like why Yelena is here to begin with and like she's visiting New York 
and she's been hired to kill Clint Barton. You know, that's really that's really the purpose of why she's here, as we know. And they spend a lot of time talking about what it means to be an Avenger, what that word actually means, and what it looks like to be a superhero, and I think the responsibilities of one's past actions and they just start to really unpack that conversation which has been a you know a, a piece of uh, and a focal point of this show before especially last week you know where clint talked about it himself how he just views himself as a weapon mm-hmm. and he's used as a means to investigate people and then ultimately if he needs to he can he can eliminate them and i think that they further continued that theme here um but what were your thoughts just about the general conversation and the interaction between kate and yelena in the scene yeah, it's crazy to see how um, Florence Pugh can just come into all of this and just kind of kill it. You know, she clearly commanded not only that scene, but she commanded the episode. Like you said, she's the focus and she did a really good job. Um, and I think doing, uh, uh, again, just that anything that she was a part of in this episode was really good. But it was, uh, you know, it. It's kind of what I was talking about earlier, um, a second ago, when I was saying she she's she's good at coming to conclusions <laughs> about things. Just how she you know assumed that that widow was still under you know the mind control. Um, she she here is still kind of assuming that Clint Barton is the worst person um, possible, and that he did in fact kill her sister. Another conclusion that she 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 came to, and I think she'll soon realize um, it on uh, what really happened isn't what she thinks happened. Uh, and, and I think that's something she'll, she'll learn to get over. But, um, I, I think this is actually the, the beginning of a relationship between Yelena and Kate in terms of, you know, friends or whatever, whether Kate becomes a young Avenger or a real Avenger, whether Yelena becomes a Thunderbolt or an Avenger. I think they, some, at some point in time, this is the beginning of a, a very interesting partnership and friendship, um, that we're seeing between the two. And I think, uh, that's a, a really cool thing uh, to see here as well. Um, but it, it it's crazy to see, also see how uh, out of the loop kind of everybody is <laughs> in this yeah. whole thing. It's like when I was watching that scene, I'm like, nobody knows anything. This is terrible. Like, Leelena thinks she knows things. And then it's like, nope, she don't know either. And then Kate's like, oh, I know everything I'm going to tell you. But then it's like, nope, you don't know anything either. So. It's wild how everyone is on this chase for for knowledge, but nobody actually really has it until kind of close to this episode that we see. Um, but yeah, I, I, I just thought it was a really good conversation. I actually could have watched them talk like forever. I was like, damn, this is great. Um, because again, Yelena and uh, Florence Pugh, she's just so funny. You know, she she continuously throws in really good quips in there and then by at the same time she can get really serious it's crazy crazy to watch that tone switch once she sits down it's like it's funny with the macaroni until she sits down and it's like boom i'm action you know i'm i'm elena below and it 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 was just really uh dope to see you man so yeah i enjoyed it yeah i in in terms of how clueless everybody is like obviously we see at the end of this episode (laughs) that kingpin indeed and eleanor are really the masterminds behind all of this and they've Mm -hmm. been playing everybody and so we'll we'll get to that of course later on but um you're you're right you're absolutely right that folks really just have this this perception in their head about what their mission is what their purposes are Mm -hmm. you know and who they're after there's like a a a justified sense of of vengeance that a lot of these folks have and it's all very misguided because they've all been played like a damn violin which is interesting and um i think for me this scene was it was mostly entertaining i will say like when i talked about the pacing i do wish they 
just got to it a little bit quicker because mm-hmm. it seemed like for a while they were just trying to like pad the time and fill the time for an episode to make mm-hmm. it like mm-hmm. a decent amount of time like 40 something minutes so i'm just like we could have got to it quicker i did enjoy yelena's banter and sort of like the games that she was playing with Kay, like offering her the macaroni and then mm-hmm. you know all of this just like different back and forth yeah talking about <laughs> yeah. The, the the different places to visit which by the way she also said New and improved Statue Such of Liberty, Liberty, which we'll see tomorrow, which we'll see in Spider-Man No Way Home, which just had me thinking because there's like some there's continuity questions that I have. But, mm-hmm. um, you, you know, yeah, that, I, I think all of that stuff was like mostly good. Just like seeing the back and forth, like her constantly repeating her name, Kate Bishop, Kate Bishop, Kate Bishop. Like, mm-hmm. I know who you are. You know, I've done all the research that I need to do. I know about your family. I know about your history. Yeah. And Kate Bishop is 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 a little I think a little intimidated in this moment. She's never really. I don't think she's ever really had to deal with anything quite this serious mm. yet. Like, Yelena is an assassin at the end of the day, right? Mm-hmm. She's a trained assassin, a stone-cold killer if she needs to be. But at the you know flip of a switch, she can be this very personable, very friendly, um, and almost funny individual. And uh, Florence Pugh's charisma is just, like, off the charts here. And I think yeah. she's picking up exactly where she left off in Black Widow. And it's just, like, great to see that dynamic develop. But I think you're onto something as well that we're seeing the seeds planted for something more important and, 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 you know, something that's going to come to fruition down the road between either a team up or between, you know, more interactions between these characters. Mm-hmm. I could definitely see a scenario where they, they are, you know, sort of butting heads most of the time and they have to figure out a way to work together ultimately, but it's mm-hmm. almost reluctantly like, yeah. girl, I don't really like you, but I'm just going to work <laughs> with you because we kind of need to, but you know, they're yeah. both so good at what they do. Right. So I think that naturally, they may clash, but that can still create like this this reluctant but ever growing relationship and embracing of the mm-hmm. two. Because I think that they kind of need that, especially considering that both of them have been misguided in everything that they think that they know. Mm-hmm. So they share a common ground. Like Kate has been betrayed by her own mother, right? And 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 Yelena in herself, she's been believed. Or she's been having this thought of like what she believes, but she's also been kind of played in this entire situation as well. So they do have some common ground, I think. So uh, all good stuff. Yeah, and I think what uh, again I also love about this I talked about before is Kate is slowly again not replacing Black Widow, but filling a small hole in in some people's hearts, uh, being kind of the, this new fresh blood, you know, coming in, into things the same way that you know Clint found his one of his best friends um in natasha i think he's finally finding that you know that in his surrogate daughter and kate and now again we have this inter- this relationship where Lelena just lost a sister maybe kate is also filling that small void and finding eventually finding a sister in kate you know we again we haven't seen much yet you know it's very beginning very surface level they barely know each other but uh you know it, it definitely looks like the seeds are being planted for that too maybe they will become uh almost almost sisters like and just like you said they they're going to butt heads because that's what sisters do i think and, and it'll be cool to see um if that if that is is indeed what happens uh her kind of becoming her surrogate sister as well i have an important question for you do you put hot sauce on your mac and cheese and i don't i do not uh oh. <laughs> I, I i do I, could. Okay. It, it, 
I don't dump it like she did because she completely hey, dumped the bottle. That was like sriracha, it. right? She had like a bottle of sriracha. That's yeah, like. it wasn't like regular grocery store. Regular it was definitely, yeah, yeah, it was definitely like sriracha, which little little extreme. Like I don't mind like a little a little dab mm-hmm. here and there, especially like if I got hot sauce on something else, like if it's like with chicken or mm-hmm. I don't know, whatever. Um, but boy, she went she went for she was it. Going she going crazy. Went for it. The whole yeah. pot. Uh, <laughs> I would but, though. I'm gonna try it now. Yeah, yo, might, might as well. It, it had me definitely like wanting to, you know, dive in deeper onto that um, <laughs> after watching it. But the other, you know, sort of aspect about this episode that was interesting to me is that like you get you get these two storylines that are again helping to move the plot forward, but they're moving at very different speeds. Like everything mm-hmm. that we saw between Yelena and Kate was very slow, very intentional, and more methodical in the conversation especially because we we're learning a little bit more about Yelena here after she's come back from the blip. And then on the other side of it, we're getting Clint who don't spend that much time with this week, not as much as last week, but we get Clint who's slowly beginning to try to re-embrace this Ronan persona because mm-hmm. he almost has to in his confrontation with Maya. And that aspect of the episode, I think moved a little bit quicker than what we saw between Kate and Yelena. So we're, we're moving at, at, at some different speeds here, but I like that we kept those two, are two heroes separate based mm-hmm. off of what happened last week. And they're on two separate journeys that all are going to coalesce towards the finale. But Cl- Clint in particular here, he's, he's dealing with this ongoing grief, you know, the, the, the loss of Natasha, which looms so large over this show, obviously with Yelena coming in now as another reminder, but Clint's the, the impact that it's had on Clint as well. He goes to visit the Avengers plaque memorial that they have in Midtown at the at the site of the Battle for New York, which was a, a really nice thing that I wasn't expecting to see. Mm-hmm. Never knew that they had a memorial for the original six Avengers, but I think it makes total sense. Um, and he's almost talking to Nat in a spiritual sense and, and, and sort of apologizing for what he has to do. And that's re-embracing the identity of the Ronin, which... Mm-hmm. Sh- she actually pulled him out of that darkness. She she helped him, you know, sort of relinquish those those really dark um, five years that he was dealing with, with, you know, sort of his pursuit as a vigilante, vigilante and eliminating the criminal underworld. Um, and then he almost, you know, he, he, he also takes that information and like he has to speak to Laura about as well. He has to get her blessing, even mm-hmm. though she's like, you don't need my blessing. You, you know, I'm here with you. You know, I support you in this um, and you, you have to do what you have to do. But Clint having to revisit that very dark place, I think was a, a, a an interesting turn in this episode as well. And this episode is entitled Ronan. In fact, um, what did you just make of like seeing him slowly start to accept that he was going to have to, you know, put that suit back on again? Yeah. One, one thing I wanted to point out um, was, I don't think we ever talked about it, but the title sequence when Hawkeye pops up on the screen, uh, if, if Kate and Hawkeye are working together in the episode. Two bull, two arrows hit the bullseye in the Hawkeye um, title. If they're not uh, together, it just doesn't happen at all. And this is one of the episodes where the, clearly at the end of last episode, they split up um, and, and Hawkeye did so. And so this episode, there was no two arrows on the bullseye. And so, um, again, seeing, seeing Clint and, and Kate kind of going two separate ways this episode kind of makes sense. Um, but seeing Clint... You know, again, kind to try to uh, uh, it's crazy how much he, the man is just trying to fix his mistakes. And it's like kind of sad to watch uh, like it, it unfold because it's like it's such a burden on him. It's like I have to do this, but I just want to be my family. And you just mm-hmm. and it's just every episode. It's just like, damn, again, damn, again. Um, and when he does, again, go to to the memorial and takes his, you know, he has to 
it's crazy to like be able to take your hearing aid out and kind of just shut off the world um which is i thought was very well done whoever's decision that was to do that i mean 10 out of 10 because uh, it's New York, it's a loud place. Um, and, you know, Maya, it's interesting, again, how Maya embraces, you know, that sound not not being there. Um, and Clint, you know, for the not necessarily for the first time, but that was one of the times he was like, no, I'm going to shut this off um, and, and, and talk to my dear friend that. Um, so I thought that was kind of an important character choice by him um, to do that. But he has... Uh, it sucks that he has to embrace Ronan again. It kind of does mm. suck because you you don't want him to slip back into that darkness. Um, and and of course, again, we see that it, it was all there's a reason for it, right? He had he 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 wanted Maya to to see his face to know who he was. Um, that way, you know, she I, I guess understood the place that he was coming from, right? He says he says to her, "We're we're both weapons who are misguided," <laughs> um, and that's a very important part of this entire series because everybody is just that we were just talking about that this is literally what yelena is that's what all the black widows were um and have had been at time at some time and that's what ronan was and that's what echo is now and the way they introduced her as a uh a villain of some sorts but they're all weapons who are misguided um and, and there's always somebody bigger calling shots when it comes to these people uh and and now it's like they're trying to teach each other how to call their own shots natasha tried to teach uh, uh clint how to call his own shots and now clinton's like look echo listen <laughs> maya you can call your own shots like you're a weapon and i think that's a, a very important um thing that hawkeye's going through right now he's becoming more of a teacher than he ever wanted to be uh and especially in those same ways that uh he didn't want to be an influence for anybody he didn't want to be anybody's hero but he's that's this is like one of the first times he's stepping into those roles, right? He's stepping into the role of of being uh, uh, having hearing loss, and now he's stepping into the role of like, look, I can be an influence if I really um, sit down and actually talk to these people, <laughs> and maybe not kill them. Um, and I think, of course, he he started uh, with young Kate Bishop, but now seeing him do it to somebody who's trying to kill him in Maya is a huge again plot point for his character. I have to say, man, this has been a really impressive balancing act that Marvel has been doing because while we're getting this new wave and this new introduction of heroes constantly, especially in this show, whether it's Kate Bishop or Echo or even Yelena as a a returning character who's still somewhat new, the balance that they're able to achieve by also still allowing those moments to to flourish with Clint is very, very um, endearing and impressive to me because... He is still one of the original six Avengers and we're spending more time with him than we have with a lot of those other characters just due to the nature of this being a a series and we get a little bit more time there. And I just got to say, man, Jeremy Renner is doing just really great work here because all of Mm -hmm. the emotions that have just gone unseen in the past and the time that's just not been allotted for his character to have those moments, it's all coming to fruition here between his family, between his past, between him dealing with the loss of Natasha, between him trying to mentor this new young person, um, to also just embracing this identity of being a superhero with like these people that are orbiting his world, like even a character like Grills, Mm -hmm. who is very much like admiring Clint and looks up to him and is like, you know, you saved the world and yeah, I can lend you my couch for the night, whatever you need. Like he's also embracing that, that, that role of like, okay, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm somewhat of a celebrity. I'm somewhat known. And mm-hmm. sometimes this can be a good thing. Not everybody's going to be a pest about it. You know, mm. like those folks were in the original 
first mm-hmm. episode when like the dude was asking for the autograph in the bathroom at bathroom. So I think there's just so many things that Jeremy Renner has to do with this show, and a lot yeah. of it is just understated. You know, he he. It's not like he has a ton of dialogue either. You know, True. a lot of it is just emotional stuff, character mm-hmm. reactions, just like the way he reacts to a certain scene. We talked about the the sequence last week of you know what what seeing Kate almost fall to her death off of the apartment, what that almost did to him. Mm-hmm. That was all just emotion. It wasn't really anything that was stated. So I think he's just doing incredible work here, and it cannot be you know sort of stated enough that he's Agreed. he's really firing on all cylinders here. Um, the other piece of that puzzle is of course Maya Lopez, who. We we talked a little bit last week about how we we anticipated that Kazi was going to have the talk with her to try to get her to back down from this quest of vengeance, and mm-hmm. he sort of did at the beginning when he's tending to her wounds, but she needs to see it through. But ultimately, we just find out again another misguided character who's been just led astray mm-hmm. with what she's believed um, this entire time, and so we get the sort of the showdown between Maya and Clint that takes place at the Fat Man Auto Mechanical Repair Shop. Clint sends her a note via the tracksuit mafia to meet up to finally settle this once and for all. She's there and she has multiple henchmen around and Clint as the Ronin as he's, you know, put this suit back on, he just easily disposes of them, which I thought was a really really cool scene and almost kind of it almost kind of felt like it alluded to Daredevil in a sense, um mm, which mm-hmm. you know, we haven't seen Charlie Cox or Daredevil in the show yet, but I think that seeing like all of the villains disappear and you don't see Clint on camera. Like you just see them just like vanish out of nowhere. And he just like comes up and creep. It, 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 it very much reminded me of like daredevil, like that hero that's like in the darkness. That's not seen that can move quietly and take people out. Mm-hmm. So I thought that that was like a cool thing. Um, I don't know if that was intentional or not, but definitely, definitely picked up on that. But ultimately we find out, uh, a <laughs> man, mm-hmm. a big reveal that I, I gotta say caught me off guard. Wasn't completely expecting, yeah, because it circles back to comic book tie-ins and all of this stuff. But mm-hmm. we find out that Clint killed Maya's father because he was tipped off by an informant within the tracksuit mafia organization within this criminal organization, um, and and ultimately the big boss Kingpin himself is the one who ordered the death of her father, uh, which. When we saw the sequence play out a couple of episodes ago, we saw that Ronan did indeed kill her father, yeah. and that is confirmed now that Clint is the one responsible for the final blow. But they go back to the comic book origins in in the sense that Kingpin is actually the one truly responsible, um, which we 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 kind of suspected, like, oh, they changed it slightly here, but mm-hmm. in actuality, they didn't. They just saved it for a, a huge reveal, and even more so. It's pretty much implied and confirmed at this point that Kazi was indeed the informant himself, and he yeah. betrayed he betrayed uh, Maya's father and gave him up, and ultimately that led to the death of her father at the hands of Ronan, you know, physically, but more so figuratively, I think, Kingpin. So big, big, huge reveal here. Yeah. Um, what do you make of this whole thing? It's this is all a setup for the Echo TV show. That's just I I really we only have one episode left. Um, in this series, and I think we're going to spend a lot of time with Kate and Clint um, in in the final showdown. But I really do think a lot of this is setting up Echo. Whatever she has to do, it's going to be it's, it, it is going to be slight revenge story, but more on the um, I don't know if good side of things is the right word, but against uh, uh, Kingpin, who again ultimately ultimately was the person who who got her father killed. Um, it's it's interesting because Kazi is so, such a psychopath, kind of in the comic. 
Um, and here he's so they they try to make him lovable, right? They try to make him on Maya's side. They make him. I mean, he talks to Clint pretty peacefully. You know, he talks to uh, uh, Kate, and it's 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 just really crazy to see how maybe slowly they're working their way into making him crazy. Maybe I'm not sure exactly how far they're going to go because even though we you know we hear that betrayal, uh, or yeah, we uh, get that betrayal of Kazi, it still seems like he uh. He's just another, you know, uh, he's, he's a secondhand man, right? It still feels like he's the guy that's that's doing orders yet. He still does not feel inherently evil yet, even though, you know, all these things are transpiring. So I, uh, it's, it's really crazy to see what he has going on here. One interesting thing I, I thought of when I was watching this, too, is uh, kind of the difference in in the way in, in the 10 to scene, 10 to wound scenes <laughs> that we've seen. We get Eleanor and Kate. Uh, who is just this very loving, you know, connection um, that we have because they are close. Eleanor and, and Kate are really close. It's a, it seems like a healthy mother daughter relationship um, that we're watching. And, you know, we're back in Kate's room. Uh, I think we haven't seen her there since we had the flashback of her father being in there with her, but her mother's in there tending to her wounds and they have a heartfelt moment and they smile, but Kate spills the beans. And then we go, we, we, we flash over to, to Echo and Kazi and it's a little more, um, just angry. Echo is just angry. There's just so much anger in that girl. Um, and, and, and even though it, it, there's so much similarity in it because there's betrayal on both sides. Kazi is betraying Echo at the same time as Eleanor is betraying Kate at the same time. It's a very interesting parallel, um, in the episode that again, it feels intentional, um, because it's like, so we're just tending to wounds, just like, back to back like that or this you know that's kind of what it felt like so yeah I, I i thought it was uh i thought it was actually well done um because uh it's just you know echo figuring out kind of what's going on while kate is spilling kind of what she thinks is going on <laughs> so it's like it's, it's it's interesting to see again both of these um again echo maybe eventually protagonists so two protagonists you know kind of uh, uh, figuring it out in 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 confiding on who they think is their friend. Well, there's a common enemy now, which makes things very simple and very easy. I mm -hmm. think because this show has impressively just pulled together all of these different story threads in a very uh, organic way. I think, and the common enemy is is Wilson Fisk, and also you know by extension Eleanor Bishop as well. And so all roads leads leads to these two, you know, and so I think that that Maya coming to the realization of like what's actually happening here in the moment also with like Clint speaking to her as he's like defeated her in the, you know, in the brief battle that they had and he he has her, you know, sort of on her on her heels, you know, and he's revealing this information to her and he decides like I'm not going to kill you. I want to plead to you to to stop this and I need to tell you this information that's really important. And they're exchanging these words. She obviously can't hear him, but she can make out what he's saying by reading his lips. And I think it shows that they have a little bit more in common than they might have initially thought. Mm -hmm. Obviously, due to the 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 you know the the disabilities that they both live with and have, right. but also just due to the fact of like the circumstances that have brought them together in this entire situation, that they have just been led down a path of believing in certain things that have just ultimately turned out to not be true yeah um clint more so knows he knows more information than maya does in that specific moment because he's the one that's been responsible in a lot of respects 
but he's also, you know, in a situation where he doesn't have all of the answers. But he mm-hmm. he's he's obviously what what's interesting too is that he's obviously dealt with Kingpin before and he knows the danger of that particular villain. He knows the danger that exists within that within that one character. And he's trying to really just, you know, make his case to her like this isn't what you think it is. And I'm trying to like end this so that you don't continue to try to, you know, seek out this 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 blood vengeance against me. Um and Ultimately, man, the tools that they just used in this episode to, to communicate all of that stuff was just really, really effective. And I think that uh, Maya, as you said, there's there's so much story now there for her to unpack in, mm-hmm. in her own solo series that'll come, the relationship between her and Kazi. Because I imagine that, I don't know if Kazi will die at her hand by the end of you know next week mm-hmm. or if he continues on in her show. But either way, like the ultimate, the ultimate mm-hmm. big bad for her is Kingpin. Exactly. Right? Cause he's the one that gave the order. So mm-hmm. I think that that's even a bigger implication for what her future, what her future holds, but let's get it to it, man. You know, there's no reason to hold off on it any longer. Of course, the big reveal that we expected that did indeed happen this week is the reveal of Kingpin as truly the mastermind behind so many of the event, the events of this show. And as we long suspected, and as, as the internet is long suspected, um, the Kingpin is being played by Vincent D'Onofrio, reprising his role from the Netflix Daredevil series that he was a part of for three seasons. Um, and he's here now. He's officially here in the MCU. And we got the small photo of him at the end alongside Eleanor. Essentially, Yelena has tracked down Eleanor and she's following her. And she finds out that Eleanor is the one who ordered the hit uh, for, you know, uh, Yelena to take out Clint mm-hmm. and she sends that information over to Kate as they're having dinner with grills and Kate sees her mother is in cahoots with this with this you know this criminal mastermind who Clint you know is obviously familiar with and he and Clint can you know does indeed use the name Kingpin um, so a bunch of revelations that are happening here so many things and I think that you know just like the one-two punch of realizing that Kazi is the one who was the informant and also seeing that Eleanor is the one who is really behind all of this alongside Kingpin. Just so well done. Like that we get those two yeah. moments back to back. I think that it was just mm-hmm. it just worked so well. But um Kingpin's here, man. What are your initial thoughts about that? And how might that how might that influence everything that we see next week? Bruh, I am of course just happy that he's here, man. The fact that Marvel decided to <laughs> copy paste Netflix uh, characters and, and bring them over here, man. This is the beginning, I think, of hopefully something great um, in terms of Kingpin being here. I think there's there's just so much that Kingpin has to do within the city of New York, and there's so many heroes that have to deal with Kingpin in the city of New York. There's so many ties in Kingpin. It's kind of crazy um, because it's, it's that's when you get the cool team-ups, right? That's when you get Daredevil and Spider-Mans, and that's when you get echoes and you know what I mean? it's it's just really dope um to have him here in the mcu because it's, it's where he belongs man it's where I, I just couldn't imagine them recasting him or anything like that so it's cool to see kingpin uh wilson fisk actually exist in the mcu so i'm excited for next week one because who knows what's going to happen i know we're not going to see it but i just kind of want to see kingpin punch something or punch somebody it's like nope <laughs> like i mean right, of, co- yeah. of course we know you know vincent uh d'onofrio is like very like charismatic and stuff like w- one of the things that makes him a great kingpin is the way he talks it's just so good he's such a smart character and a smart actor uh and so it, it, it all works out but it's like also bro you're kingpin punch somebody in the face or you know what i mean do something violent <laughs> uh i want to i want to make sure that 
he still continues to have that darkness that he had um, in, in the Netflix series. And I, and I really want them to carry that part over because if you if you see any part of Daredevil, man, it's just the darkest thing ever. Boy. <laughs> it's just such a dark TV show. It is. No, there's like no brightness in that thing. <laughs> um, but it, 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 it's again, it's really dope to have him here. Uh, he, man, he probably brings Madam Mask along with him in Eleanor. I think we'll get the reveal mm-hmm. of her. Um, in this next episode, it's clear that she killed um, Armand. It's kill. It's clear that maybe she was the one who had the auction going. You know, it's it's uh, and of course she. It was her computer that Kate was using in the first place to figure out all this information of everything that she knows. Um, so I think there's a lot to be put in place there too. But um, Kingpin again being at the the forefront of everything is just it, it sets up a lot of different TV shows. I think specifically our characters that, again that do reside in that um, that New York area. So it's 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 a lot to be to be said. It's a lot of TV show to be done um, now that he's here. But uh, uh, just happy man, just happy that we're we're getting this because you know a couple years ago we would have never thought we'd be here, but here we are, man. So it's dope. The moment of seeing the photo of Kingpin and Eleanor, I remember watching it initially thinking like, oh, I thought we were actually going to get like a shot of him. Like I thought Mm -hmm. that the final shot of the episode was going to be like, you know, uh, uh, a shot from behind his back that slowly reveals his face and we finally (laughs) see Vincent D'Onofrio. But the fact that they use it as a photo reveal, I think is actually much more impactful in the sense Mm -hmm. that we get to see Kate's reaction, her immediate reaction to seeing the betrayal of her mother, the fact that her mother is so involved heavily in all of this stuff, which has been her driving motivation for this entire series. And we also, again, get the affirmation that Clint himself very much knows how dangerous this guy is. He's like, yeah, this is who I've been talking about all along. That's the kingpin. Um, and even even as a as a as a figurehead, as a crime lord, a crime overlord of New York City, you would imagine that this is a guy that absolutely moves in the shadows. You know, he doesn't want to be seen. He doesn't want to be revealed. That's why we haven't seen him up until this point. That's why you get all of the the allusions to him, whether it's the fat man body shop or even Clint calling him the big guy. People don't even call him by his mm-hmm. real name. They call him these aliases. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's very reflective of just like how crime lords move you know they want to be in the shadows and so the fact that it was revealed as a photo like we get a glimpse of him but we can't totally make out what's happening and 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 fully see who he is Mm -hmm. that's very reminiscent of i think real life and so i think that that was just like masterfully done what that reveal ended up being and the implications obviously for his character you stated it there's just so many threads so many places that it can go that i think it will go in the future obviously Kingpin is basically the arch enemy of Daredevil, which yep. we saw play out in the Netflix series. Um, just so well done. If you haven't watched those those episodes um, on Netflix, Ooh. like please go season watch two, it. Season two, boy. Yes. Season two. I mean everything, honestly. Everything. But as you said, it is a very dark and grimy, gr- you know, grimy and and just gritty show. But he's also have he he has so many ties to Spider Man, as we mm-hmm. know, which I would absolutely love. I would love that, you know, we, we we still have to see No Way Home, but, the you know, what, what we've been led to believe is that Spider-Man is going to go to college and grow up and we're going to see an older mm-hmm. iteration of Peter Parker in the future. As he gets older and deals with more mature themes and threats, I would love to see Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin as a main villain in a yes. Spider-Man movie because we haven't had that. We haven't had yes. 
Kingpin on the big screen in live action. They did it so well in Into the Spider-Verse. That was mm-hmm. great. Um, but I, I would love to see a live action interpretation of that and then maybe move on to Daredevil whenever they decide to right. fully integrate Charlie Cox into that character. But get ahead of myself there. I think with what we have here, man, it's just it's so exciting. It's just so exhilarating to see. Um, they, they've set this up so well as this person that's been pulling the strings, playing everybody. And again, as I mentioned, everybody has a common enemy now. Everybody really kind of, you know, is, is, is at odds with Kingpin in, in some, in some form or fashion. Mm-hmm. And Kate here, um, just the emotional things that she's going to have to deal with knowing that her mother is also a part of this organization is also inherently the Madame Mask villain. Yeah. Clint is going to have to reckon with his past because sure, you know, Maya's, now aware that Kazi is the one who's the informant, but Clint also has to know that, like, during his vigilante spree in those five years, he probably fucked a lot of shit the Kingpin had going on, you know, in in, in dealing with the tracksuit mafia or whatever his other, you know, criminal doings have been. So, um, I can't wait. I'm just so excited, and I do, I do hope we get to see him do something physical. Uh, like you said, it might not happen, but it would be a treat. <laughs> Put somebody. Yeah. <laughs> Vincent D'Onofrio is a is a very intimidating large figure of a, mm-hmm. of a human and I think what they did with the choreography and the fight choreography in the Netflix Daredevil series you saw yeah. that this man is strong, strong. he's brute force mm-hmm. and he can kill with his bare hands like that's yep. what he's capable of um, and he also had the cane he was rocking he I was did. like okay he got the cane <laughs> It looked like he might have even had like a little drip around his neck. I'm like, oh, he he's fly, white tuxedo. Like, As usual. I'm mm-hmm. I'm so ready. I'm so ready to see him on screen next week. So. Really great stuff there. Um, as we start to just like wrap up this this episode, any other you know sort of big final predictions or just things that you think we may see next week? We only got one final episode. It's it's going to be a limited limited amount of time. Mm-hmm. It'll probably be fifty minutes at best. Um, so they can't conclude and finish up everything. But as you mentioned, that's why we'll have like another Echo show. Kate Bishop will continue on as we know. Mm-hmm. Elena's going to continue on. But in terms of what we get next week, what do you think may unfold in the final episode? Well, of course, the title sequence, as I was saying, is going to have the two arrows back because <laughs> it's 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 time for the team up um, that we we've, we've been waiting for that we got in episode three, um, and uh, there's just some some obvious stuff we're going to see right that we've seen in the trailer. We're going to see Rockefeller Center and all of that go down. We're going to see um, the new suits that Clinton didn't want to see yet. Um, we're we're going to see those come to fruition. Uh, and I think we're, I think we're going to get, um, Madame Mask in her true, you know, maybe state, whatever that looks like for her. You know, we, we know she can kill, um, you know, seeing that she, she probably killed our mind. So, you know, it's like, who are we fighting? Right. I, I, I I just don't feel like Maya is, is here to fight Clint anymore. I don't feel like Yelena is really here to fight Clint yet. Like we're going to see maybe one more about yet. Right. But I think they're going to talk it out. Um, and I think again, Yelena is actually going to figure out what happened um, um, to to Natasha um, in that in that entire thing. I, I know that's going to happen. Um, but who we're fighting? I think we're fighting just henchmen again. We're fighting the the tracksuits again. But instead of us being like, okay, but who are the tracksuits fighting for? It, we know we you know we see Kingpin um, at the at the forefront of everything. So I think we'll get a face to face between Kingpin and Clint uh, at some point too. I think that's mm-hmm. very important. The same way that we'll get Kate and her mom in the same room as as uh, as the Madame Mask, and I think it's going to be a heartbreaking moment between Madame Mask and Kate because I think they're going to have to fight. Oh man, I think she's going to have to fight her mom. 
Simple as that. Yeah, I think that's really what's going to go down. Um, depending on what happens, uh, Maya may have to fight Kazi. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm not mm-hmm. sure. It depends on, again, Kazi's still, even though Maya suspects, and we suspect as viewers what's going on, there's like, it's hard to tell how fast people are going to learn what Kazi has going on um, in this next episode. So we'll see. Like you said, Kazi could die. Who knows um, what's going to happen. But uh, I'm, I'm ready for all the action, all the showdowns, all the the arrows and in in suits and <laughs> right. uh, oh oh we're gonna get the boomerang arrow next episode it's happening it's gonna the be the boomerang arrow we're, we're yeah. getting the boomerang episode they talked about it it was the only one that they didn't give and I think the boomerang episode is either gonna be the MVP or the of the episode or Kate Bishop being able to fling a coin and hit somebody probably Kazi oh, or somebody man. is going to yeah. be the MVP of the episodes one of those two callbacks I think um is is going to be MVP of the episode man but yeah that's that's some of the things I think is going to happen so many tricks up their sleeve I mean trick arrows coin flips I think I think we definitely see more trick arrows like even even beyond the boomerang arrow I think mm-hmm. we might hopefully see like a couple more trick arrows get used um, and like you said there's still a big set piece that has to take place at Rockefeller Center which was heavily right. featured in that first trailer so that seems to be sort of the centerpiece of where everything's gonna go down maybe they're at some sort of like Christmas ball you know um, obviously the the giant Christmas tree that's that's always present in Rockefeller Center every year is gonna be like a centerpiece for for that episode um one of the things that i'll say about the finale next week is just sort of revisiting where we've been with these marvel tv shows over the course of this year this is the fourth live action one now um i think we've we've seen examples of the final episodes done not so well and then we do have an example of it where it, it does kind of work i'm just hoping that in the midst of any action that we do get next week that it's all grounded in meaningful character moments and marvel for the most part does that really well i think in most movies and tv series that they put out any action that they have is great character stuff you know i think back to the the three-way fight between winter soldier sam wilson and john walker you know from the falcon and the winter soldier when they were trying to get the the shield from him after he Mm -hmm. had killed that individual that was just so well done and it was a very brutal fight but it was a nice character moment yeah um i'm just a little nervous that we'll end up in third act territory which has been a big problem Mm -hmm. for marvel for all of their existence pretty much Mm -hmm. but especially with these tv series because the final episode of wandavision just did not do it for me Mm -hmm. with this you know this third act final episode fight between two witches out of nowhere um even in the falcon and the winter soldier they all converged on new york city and it was like a big battle royale Mm -hmm. you know between everybody involved in that i just don't want us to end up back in that territory where there's not like actual story because there's Mm -hmm. some really important stuff that has to happen here you just alluded to all of it you know Mm -hmm. what what is kate and eleanor's interaction going to be like will clint and kingpin see face to face again maya and kazi there's so many threads um that they have to pull together yelena's also involved in that i just don't want it to get bogged down and just like a bunch of noise and action on screen you know of course there's going to be action but i just want it to be grounded in very deep emotional character mm-hmm. stuff and and this series has done that well too you know mm-hmm. the fight between the fight between clinton maya from this episode was really well done the earlier big action sequence the car chase scene where we saw clint and kate working together to escape the tracksuit mafia was done really well huge action but based in character you know trying to create that emotional dynamic and growing that between those two people so I'm 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 cautious, cautiously optimistic about it. I'm 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 pretty optimistic because I think this show's done a pretty good job so far at handling handling that stuff. But yeah. 
we've seen Marvel's track record. Sometimes it can go a little bit off the rails. So I'm just hoping that that all works out. Um, but I agree with all of your assessments and all the predictions that you have there. I think it's pretty much on the money. Um, everything won't be tied up neatly with a bow because there mm-hmm. is another series in Echo that's going to come after this. So right. we won't get full conclusions about anything and everybody. Um, but I think that a lot will will ultimately get resumed here. And I think that the big likelihood that I envision is that Clint does make it home to be with his family for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or at least I hope that's what, what happens because that's still like a driving force for the show. Yeah. I want him to you know get home, make it home for Christmas and be safe. Um, hopefully... Maybe even Kate can join him, you know, because mm. she doesn't really have family anymore. Yeah. Jack, oh, man, that's a fact. Jack has been, yeah, Jack has been mm. framed and he was taken away by the cops. You know, Eleanor swindled him in that situation. And now Eleanor has been revealed to be working with Kingpin. So she she doesn't really have anywhere to go for Christmas. So uh-huh. I, I hope that like by the end of it, we see like Clint say like, come meet my family, you know, wow. come to Missouri to our ranch and our farm and like be with us. And like, that's her new her new inherited family because her world has just been broken now. So I think that that could be a likely conclusion. What's crazy is we still don't know about stuff about Laura that is going down though. Yeah. Uh, she knows more than what we thought. Clearly. I think the watch is, has to deal with her. I remember in, in, in was it age of Ultron when they have to take, you know, to, to the house. Uh, they, they, they speak about, um, Tony Tony says something like, uh, I thought you were an agent or something. Uh or so and I was like, oh, wait, wait, wait a second, what's going on here? Like I'm starting to think about all these things, and I'm like, Laura, this watch has to do with you, young lady. I don't know what the watch is, I don't know what's on the watch, but it's her, bro. She used to be an agent, and I think it's it's very clear now. Um, she could even be Mockingbird, bro. Mockingbird is a whole Marvel character <laughs> mm, <laughs> that actually, that Clint actually you uh had a relationship with so they could true. they could be moving some pieces there to make her into mockingbird sure they might not do anything with it they may just do a quick callback i used to be mockingbird and leave it alone but like right again right. her knowing about this watch still has to i think that's another thing in this episode that needs to come to the light um because they're just, they can't just leave it by the wayside it's like a whole piece of the story that, right. you know that's kind of just sitting here so i it's, it, it'll be kind of crazy if, like, you know, Kate figures all that out, too. And like you said, they go back to the ranch, and it's like, everybody's just looking at her different. Like, yeah, you're, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you used to be Mockingbird. So, yeah, I think that's something to think about as well. Right. It, it, it might be a throwaway line at best, like you said. But mm-hmm. even if it is a throwaway line, it'll recontextualize everything we think about Laura. Right. Just all together. <laughs> and we'll be like, oh, okay, this mm-hmm. this makes sense now. Like, she's also, like, a fucking you know high level intelligence spy damn <laughs> right near, you know working working in cahoots with these different organizations crazy um one other quick small thing that's like it's not that important but i do want to mention it because i definitely saw it when i first you know watched this episode there's that moment where clint's walking through Times square at mm-hmm. night and there is a huge billboard in the background promoting young jeezy's the recession 2 album <laughs> now <laughs> I'm not what? a stickler. I'm not. It is, bro. I swear to God, it's there. I'm not a stickler for continuity, but I have to point out that the recession two came out last November, November 2020, right? Which is when they filmed this show, uh-huh. and they did film in New York in you know winter time of 2020. But I have to just point out that the blip and the snap 
quote-unquote, takes place, or at least the return of all of our heroes takes mm-hmm. place in 2023, right. which is five years after the events of Infinity War in 2018. Mm-hmm. So if everybody returned in 2023, the producers of the show have said that this takes place two years after the blip. Mm. And the blip happened in October of 2023, and we know that because Spider-Man No Way, or excuse me, Spider-Man Far, Far From, from Home, home. Mm-hmm. takes place eight months after the blip, right? which would place them in summer, which makes sense because they did the summer vacation in mm-hmm. Europe. Mm-hmm. So theoretically, this show takes place in December of 2025. Yep. If the recession two is still hitting by then, <laughs> Young Jeezy, man, I, I gotta, I gotta give him props, bro. That's 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 a long stretch to be promoting one album. Um, I just, I noticed it. It's not a big deal, obviously, <laughs> but I just, I just had to point it out. I'm like, damn, they couldn't, that's they hilarious. couldn't replace the Billboard with nothing else like CGI. Mm-hmm. I guess nobody on the Marvel team listens to Young Jeezy, so they probably were like, ah, oh, whatever. It is, it doesn't mean anything. So they gotta make it a fake Billboard. Put something. something. <laughs> Take one of those ads from WandaVision and just like throw yeah. it in there. Like one of them commercials that mm-hmm. we saw. Uh, that would have been yeah, tight, actually. But yeah. That would have been cool. That would have been cool. But um, I just thought that that was funny. But yeah, beyond that, great episode overall. Can't wait to see what happens in the finale next week. We will, of course, be back to talk about that. But that does it for this episode, ladies and gentlemen. That's all we got for episode five of Hawkeye. We are officially down and out. Thank you, as always, for listening and tuning in. As I mentioned, we will be back next week to talk about the finale of Hawkeye. That will also be officially the season finale for Two Black Nerds. Before next Thursday, we'll be back on Tuesday to give our full spoiler-filled breakdown of Spider-Man No Way Home. We're getting to watch that this weekend. Finally, that movie is here. We'll be back on Tuesday to talk about that movie in depth, and then we'll be back on Thursday to talk about the finale of Hawkeye. And then we're going to take a break. So if you haven't heard, we're going to take a little bit of a break, take some time off, and then come back in January. But next week is going to be a two-part season finale. Don't miss it. Keep it locked with Two Black Nerds, and we'll see y'all then. With that being said, y'all, we are Audi 5000. And remember, always bet on black. Appreciate y'all. Love y'all. Thank you for listening to another episode of Two Black Nerds. Where we're too black, too nerdy. And we out, y'all. Peace.